Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. A very happy weekend out there, boxing fans, at combattalkradio.net. We're going to go through our weekend. We got a crazy amount of fights this weekend. Then we got some fights that are happening during the week. We're going to go through those as well. A quick uh, personal update. Combat Talk Radio will no longer be posting to YouTube any of our secondary videos. We don't do it very frequently, but when we do it, previously that was YouTube, that's going to stop. The plan going forward is that our video content, when it is made available, will be uploaded to an alternate platform, probably either BitChute or Rumble, most likely BitChute. We're still looking at options there. We only do those as one-offs. It's usually when there's a specific subject that we're talking about versus fights or any of that. The other bit of news is that we are planning on seeing about doing the live uh, coverage where we would do live commentary on certain big fights that would happen on our radio station, uh, CTR on air. We're trying to figure out the nuts and bolts of what that would look like. We also have an option of just straight audio stream where you can click straight on our site, which we're currently building out a new site for combat talk radio. And then from there, there'll be a link for listening live audio. And then we can do our commentary on the fight. We just think it's something cool to do. And we're looking at doing that. So, Keep tuned. We'll give you more information as we have it. Let's get into our fights. Let's start with the one that wrapped up that I didn't expect to happen so soon. Uh, Amanda Serrano. And this is uh, 12 rounds of featherweight action. This was out in Orlando here in Florida. And this was a notable fight. Uh, Amanda Serrano versus Danila Ramos. This was notable because it was one of the first fights to happen in the women's uh, division. That was actually full 12 rounds, three minute round, three minutes per round. So they were trying to make history here. They managed to make history. Amanda Serrano said she was going for a knockout because she would have the extra time. Arguably, she didn't need it, and it wasn't really going to happen. Ramos was not going to be in her class, and I covered this before on the preview that I think Serrano was just a le- would have been a level above, and that was on clear display. It was no, she didn't come close to knocking her out, but she certainly was not tested, in my opinion, in any way. And I, it wasn't a waste of a fight. Ramos is a little bit older, a little bit more. I think it's the skill difference was apparent it's not that ramos didn't have talent it's just serrano's a level above is all so serrano gets a unanimous decision as i expected that she would on that one uh the other fight which is the undercard and i i wish i had gotten a chance to see this one again i'm frustrated that i didn't know this is 10 rounds of bantamweight action uh on that undercard antonio vargas beat hernan marquez and i wanted to i really wanted to see this one because i was curious about vargas and see if he was you know, on the he's on the rebound. He had a loss, and he was kind of rebuilding. And I wanted to see where he where he was and where he ended up. And it seemed like he was he was taking the distance here. It was a split decision uh, that he had recently, and then this most recent one looks like he got a unanimous. So he was able to rebuild pretty strong, and he's been on somewhat of a of a run up. I think the the split decision was weird. Uh, it's a weird aberration in his career, and this was a challenging opponent. Let's not be twisted. Marquez would have been a challenging opponent, a real good test. He's older, but he's Southpaw skilled coming off stoppage uh, wins in his most recent fight. So this would have been a good test for Vargas. And I, again, I wish I got a chance to see it. I did not get a chance to see that uh, to see what was going to happen there and check out both guys. That's all I see that did wrap up. There could be more that I'm not seeing, but that's all I see that did wrap up. Unfortunately, they just happen to be some of the best fights. Now let's talk about the sideshow. First up 10 rounds at heavyweight action. 
It's on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, TNT Sports, box office in the UK. It's out in Saudi, so the time shift is going to be pretty extreme. I think that one's wrapped. I think that one's starting. I think it starts in like four hours from now. I, I believe that's where it is. So uh, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, makes his, finally gets back in the fucking ring. And he's got he's fighting somebody who doesn't have any boxing credentials and doesn't have any boxing skill and doesn't have any boxing background, doesn't have any boxing history whatsoever. Uh, I think it's a waste of a fight. Francis Nagano, and I this is one of those kind of like Mayweather and McGregor where they're feeding off the hype from the UFC, you know, via you know, the, the visceral UFC fans where they think that they're a UFC guy just because the UFC guy has some striking skill over the UFC, they can come to boxing and get something done. And despite time and again, where we've seen examples going all the way back to like James Tony with James Tony, he went in there, gets sparked the heck out. And the, you know, the only one who's been able to bridge that gap pretty effectively, I would argue is Holly Holm. Holly Holm was a boxing champion before she went to UFC, went to UFC and was still successful because of her striking skill gets dominated when it comes to the mat side. But my point is, this is just like with Mayweather McGregor. This is a waste of a fight in my personal opinion. People on social media are hyping up Francis Nagano because of his striking. And again, there's levels to the shit, dude. Tyson, even if I set aside how good Tyson Fury happens to be, let's set that aside. Tyson Fury is one of the most highly skilled, dominant fighters in the last generation. It doesn't really matter. It's it, There's levels to it, especially when you're talking about a real striker. I'm talking in boxing, a real striker and not just somebody who comes to UFC that has some striking skill. There's levels to the shit. I don't care that he's trained by Mike Tyson. If anything, that might be to his detriment because if there were going to be somebody who could beat Tyson Fury, like if you think about Otto Allin Wallen, who was the one who caused the most damage to Tyson Fury despite losing, it means you're not going to have somebody who just happens to be big and strong beat Tyson Fury. We learned that from Deontay Wilder. You're going to need somebody who is just highly skilled who can outskill Tyson Fury who can deal with the weight, who can stay away from the leaning. You just need skill. It's not about power. Tyson, at his peak, he would not have been able to deal with somebody like Tyson Fury, I argue, because Tyson Fury just was a level above, in my opinion. And people are going to criticize me for making that statement, but you got to look at the levels. Tyson, Mike Tyson, he was taking the distance by multiple guys he should not have been taking the distance with because if you watch his fights, all you had to really do was frustrate him. And when you frustrate him, he tended to either make a mistake or he just he just doesn't have to try as hard as he should. So when I think of Mitch Blood Green, Tyson was having fun in there. Tyson was, but he couldn't get him out of there. He couldn't, he couldn't stop him, but he was having fun in there the whole damn fight. And then roughly around 10-ish, he starts getting frustrated and stops trying as hard because I think he should have been able to get Green out of there. And he just, again, he got frustrated. I feel with Tyson Fury... Mike Tyson would have been frustrated at the later part. It's taken the distance. Even if he did win, I just don't think that Tyson Fury is at that level where he's just going to get sparked out. Like some of those other dudes, like a Michael Spinks of the world. So when I break that down, the reason I'm talking that through, it's not about Tyson Fury's skill. It's about a certain style that's good against him. And Nagano is nowhere close to that skill. In my opinion, at least I see a washed, boring decision actually with Tyson Fury. There could be a stoppage. There could be a knockout. I think it's going to be a boring decision. I think Tyson Fury is going to box and move. He may lean at points. He may get aggressive at points, but I think he's going to box and move and get a boring decision because he's trying to put Nagano over as a boxer. And I don't think Nagano's a boxer yet. And I think he's got, if he's going to be a boxer, he should have started a little bit lower, build up that 
you know, get used to it and then go to something like this. I know it's just a money grab. The other fight here, this is out in Cancun, Mexico. 12 rounds and super featherweight action. I'm really excited on this one because one of the gentlemen in this fight I, I've been watching for a while. Oshaki Foster makes his return against Eduardo Hernandez. You know, I on, my, on the video, this is on YouTube side, previous. And it's also available on Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute if you're interested to watch it. Uh, but the, the thing is, Oshaki Foster, people don't give him credit because they call him boring. They think he's boring. The thing with Foster is he's very composed. He's very measured. He takes his time. He's in control. He's the definition of a ring general in there. And he's had a rough early, but he's trying to come into himself. And I think they're building him very well. The matchup here with Hernandez is actually a very good one. Hernandez is a young guy, just like Oshaki. He's actually younger than Oshaki is. Uh, Hernandez is the shorter guy. Hernandez has less reach, but Hernandez is coming off stoppage. Uh, he's a stoppage monster. He's a beast. He comes in there and he's aggressive. He's only been lost the one time and he got stopped in that fight, but he's been on a tear. He's got a five streak knockout. This is a good test, but it's not too much for Oshaki. It's just my only concern with him. And I said this in the video, he's got to put a stamp on it. And I would emphasize that here. If he ever hears this, he's got to put a stamp on this one. Because it, this is one where it's easy for his opponent to impress the judges simply by sheer action, right? The, the punch is thrown and aggression da, 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 and going for a knockout. Oshaki's got to put a stamp on this one. He has to do what I, hopefully he does what I advised he do. And somebody came on the channel and said that they'd send it to him. Hopefully he does what I advised he do, which is you're going to need to put a stamp on this. You need to convince the judges every damn round that you're better than this guy. Because if you don't, there's a chance this goes to another close decision and we should not be seeing close decisions out of you. Social media agrees with me. They, it's a fit to them. It's a 50, 50 and it shouldn't really be a 50, 50. Cause if you look at skill, I'm talking just skill. Hernandez should not be in anywhere near Foster's class. So I want Foster to show that he is that much superior to a guy that is a knockout artist. That's not dismissing Hernandez. I'm saying that skill versus skill Foster should be levels above in what I, I sense from him. He's level above Hernandez in just skill. Hernandez might have levels to his own game that he shows us. And that's what online thinks is that Hernandez could get the knockout here. I think that's possible. If Oshaki, if he slips and he takes out the prize, that absolutely could happen here. So uh, this one's an interesting fight. I, I really, I really like this one. I really like this one. So this one I think is going to be good. Uh, if you get a chance to check this out, definitely check this out. You know, it's funny, you know, Hernandez, he came out and he said, you know, I'm trying to rebuild. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? You're, you have a, you have a 91% knockout ratio. You've only ever lost the one time. You're coming off a five knockout streak. What the fuck do you mean a bad? I don't know. So I think what he's saying is him getting stopped so long ago is still eating at him. And so he's he's hungry, which is why I have that message from Oshaki. It's like, dude, put a stamp on this man. You're not going to be able to knock him out. You're not going to stop him. I don't expect you to just put a stamp every fucking round. You've won unanimous and that's cool. It shouldn't be a close unanimous. Put a fucking stamp on this dude because he's dangerous and he could absolutely hurt you and hurt your chances at super featherweight dominance. So this one's going to be a good fight. I think again, that's in Cancun, Mexico. It's on the zone in the U S and in the UK. If you want to check it out, I don't have a start time for this one. I think that one starts in the later evening. I'm thinking probably about maybe eight hours from now ish. It's probably my guess in the UK. I'm sorry. It's like 1 AM. <laughs>
The other fight here, this is back in Saudi Arabia on the undercard for the BS Tyson Fury fight. 12 rounds of heavyweight action. It's for one of the British heavyweight titles. Fabio Wardley fighting David Adelai. I I like both guys. They're both undefeated guys. If you like heavyweight action, this is a good one to watch because both guys are knockout beasts. Both guys are, this is a really good matched fight. They're roughly evenly matched on height, reach, age. Uh, again, both knockout. This goes back to like Vosday versus Bitterbjev in terms of the the perception that it's a roughly equivalent fight. You can't get a better match fight than this one. If you're into heavyweight action, you're going to want to watch this fight uh, with Fabio Wardley. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, this is almost certainly going to end in a knockout on one of these guys. And somebody's O has got to go. Even though it's on the British side, I still think it's going to be a really good fight. I'm going to lean towards Wardley on this one. Having watched both guys, I'm leaning towards Wardley. Most on social media agree with me. That said, don't overlook Adelai because I think Adelai has skill enough that he could catch uh, Wardley with something. And the thing is, <laughs> the funny thing is, <laughs> Wardley came out and he's like, look, dude, <laughs> Adelai, I'm not worried about his record, man. You just fought punching bags. You fought bums the whole darn time. Adelai's like, he's just, he's, he's playing a role. It, it's all fake and I'm about to expose this. Check this fight out. If you like heavyweight action, check this fight out. I think it's going to be a really good one for as long as it lasts. Again, on the undercard of the Tyson Fury fight, this is 10 rounds at heavyweight action. Martin Bacoli, uh, Ilunga, but Martin Bacoli. Carlos DeCam makes his return finally against Martin Bacoli. And then both guys are kind of nearing the end, tail end of their careers. Uh, Bacoli's still in the game. He's still, he's coming off a stoppage win. So he's got a little bit of a high. Carlos DeCam has been in forever. He had a close win, but I don't expect the cam to get out of this one upright. I'm honest. They're both knockout beasts, but I mean, takam has been on the slide. He's 40. He's in his 40s. So I, I think Bacoli deals with him with veritable ease. I could get it wrong, but most people online agree with me that I don't think that Takam's going to win this one. And I certainly don't think he's going to be upright when, if, you know, once it's all said and done. Then same undercard. 10 rounds again at heavyweight action. So that whole event in Saudi is a stacked heavyweight event. If you like heavyweight action, you unfortunately have to deal with the freak show that is Tyson Fury and Nagano, but it's stacked with heavyweight fights that are, if you're a fan of the heavyweights, this is where you want to look. Again, heavyweight action, Arslanbek Mahmoudal versus Agnes Masihi. So I, I don't know either guy. I, I've heard of Mahmoudal, but I've not watched him fight. Uh, he's undefeated. Watching it on the numbers, this feels like a mismatch. Uh, Smahisi feels like he's just going to get uh, completely blitzed and dominated in the early rounds. He's a southpaw, that's something, but I don't know if it, because he's coming off a stoppage, but I don't know if it's just that he's you know sloppy and it takes the, there's levels. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know how to fair call other than I think Makhmadov, from what I can tell from the historical of the fights, I think he blitzes him, take him down in three three or less rounds. Most online agree with me on that one. Same undercard, 10 rounds at heavyweight action, the return of Joe Parker fighting Simon Keane. Of course, I know Joe Parker. I've never heard of Simon Keane. Simon Keane's out of uh, Canada, I believe it is. And I I'm aware of Parker. Parker is weird because Parker, every time he steps up to the top level, he loses every damn time. But he seems like he can beat anybody B level on down with ease, which is weird. It's like, so you're just the gatekeeper of the division because you can beat anybody who's B or lower, but you can't beat the top guy. Meanwhile, Simon Keane has one loss. He was stopped. He's a knockout beast, and I wouldn't be surprised 
if Simon King were able to be, uh, were able to knock out uh, Joe Parker. I wouldn't be surprised on this one. From the numbers and from the stats and from the history of the guys, I wouldn't be surprised if Keen is able to pull out the knockout here. Most online disagree with me. They think that Joe Parker is going to get the win with ease. I, I understand why they feel that way because Parker is highly skilled. And again, he deals with the B level below. The question is whether or not Simon Keene is the B level. I'm not sure he is or isn't from what I could see. He certainly doesn't look B level to me. He looks like he's a top level fighter. I think experience will play a weird factor in this one. And we'll be able to see, okay, what's where's Parker at? Where's his head at? coming off of the performances he's had in the past. Back in Cancun, then, we got 10 rounds of super featherweight action. Uh, we got Eduardo Nunez fighting Oscar Escondón. I know Oscar Escondón very well, very big fan of his, even though he's he's well out of, you know, he's well past the cell days, near 40 years old. He should really retire, and I think this fight may retire him. I see no reason Nunez loses this fight. Nunez is coming off a five-fight knockout streak. Nunez is in his 20s. Nunez has the reach advantage. Nunez has the height advantage. Nunez has a hundred percent knockout ratio. Nunez is a beast. I, I, I'm. This is almost mismatch level because Escandon, despite having significantly more experience, the age. I don't see he gets out of this upright. I think Nunez is going to completely destroy this guy, and I'm a fan of his, and that that hurts me. But that's what I see uh, on the on the knocks on this one. Back in Cancun again, 10 rounds at Super Bantamweight action. Christopher Lopez Rodriguez fighting Aaron Alameda. I don't know either guy. Rodriguez is undefeated. Uh, Alameda has had a couple of losses. Alameda is a southpaw that'll play in the factor. Although, Alameda's coming off losses, two losses back-to-back. Alameda has more experience. They're both boxers, which is weird on the Bantamweight side. The knockout ratio is a little low for both guys. I don't know how to call this one. I suspect... Rodriguez gets the W, if only due to the age disparity. Uh, Rodriguez is still in his 20s. Alameda's in his 30s. And despite being a southpaw, it just seems like Rodriguez, is, or Alameda rather, has already started a, a slip, started to decline. So I'm, I'm leaning towards Rodriguez in this fight. Then we've got in Laval, France. So these are now, we're now shifting days here. So let me, yeah. So this one's happening on Tuesday, actually, on the 31st, which is weird, but it's in Laval, France. I don't even know if it's televised. I don't have a, I don't have a venue. Uh, 12 rounds at welterweight. So I've never heard of the French fighters at all. This is unique. Uh, Jordi Weiss fighting John Miguez. Again, don't know either guy. They're both undefeated. Uh, close in age, close in height, close in reach. Uh, Vice has way more experience. Vice has way more rounds in the books. Vice has way more fights on deck. Um, they're not knockout artists. This may be a very boring fight. I don't even know how to call it and don't want to do them disservice by trying to do so. Then same Tuesday, this is out in Tokyo, Japan, 12 rounds at super bantamweight action. Uh, TJ Doaney versus, uh, Jeff Lee Lamido or Yamido. I think I should say. Uh, Doaney, I'm aware of. I, I watched him a long time ago. He's in his 30s. He's up there. He's coming off four losses, dominant losses. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Jaff Lee. He's uh, undefeated. Uh, he's not. A, he's a boxer. It kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a Zhaoshiming type, except not knockout. He's 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 from America, but I'm talking in terms of just stylistically without the knockouts is what I saw of him. He doesn't get knockouts, but he's just boxing. He's boxing masterclass is what he does. And so I expect that uh, Yamino is going to get this win. I, I don't know how to fully call it because, again, 
given the age disparity, I don't see a reason why Yumito doesn't win. I guess that's the point. And then we got on, so this is on Wednesday. This is out in the White Sands in Plant City here in the U.S. This one's going to be 10 rounds at welterweight action. This is an exciting fight, and I'm disappointed on this whole business of, for this guy. Uh, Janelson Boca Chica, he's fighting Alberto Ignacio Palmera. Boca Chica finally returning after his uh, dominant loss that he took very recently. It was just a dominant loss where he got completely outboxed. And I'm a fan of his. This is airing on ProBox TV in the U.S. and in the U.K. if you want to check it out. And ProBox is like the low tier of it, but it is what it is. I'm, of course, I've been a big fan of Boca Chica. Uh, after he took the loss, I think something changed with him. He just, he's not been the same as what he was. I think he's a good dude, a really good dude, really good person. I think it's just that really messed with him. And then Palmetta has a little bit more experience. The interesting thing about Palmetta, of course, he's a Southpaw. He's at a significant disadvantage going into this fight. He's got a disadvantage on height. He's got a disadvantage on reach. He's got a disadvantage on age. But he's got power. He's got power in two hands. And so I've, I, as I saw what he's doing, he's a very crafty kind of guy. Uh, I think he comes from Argentina. But he's, he's very crafty in the way that he fights. And so it's a good test. It's a good rebuild test for Boca Chica. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss Palmetta at all, even as a Boca Chica fan. Palmetta could, he could very well upset the card on this one and get a W, even with the disadvantages he has, just because it's a good rebuild fight for Boca Chica. It's also a good match stylistically for Palmetta, because if he can deal with Boca Chica, it means he's actually better than it may appear from his two losses. He got knocked out one time or stopped, and the other one I think was a, a decision. So it, this is a good this is a good match fight. I like it. Um, I like this. So I wish I could catch this one. I'm not going to do Pro Box, but I wish I could catch this one because again, I'm a Boca Chica fan. I I think Palmetto's got a shot on this one, and I hope that Boca Chica's head's right after what happened to him, and he gets back into the mix because I'm a big fan of his style. That's all we got on boxing. I'll check back in after the fights and see what's going on with our results. Uh, probably tomorrow is my guess.